You're listening to The Corbett Report. CorbettReport.com Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the broadcast. I am your host, as always, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. Thank you once again for tuning in for tonight's edition of Corbett Report Radio here on Republic Broadcasting. And tonight we have quite a conversation lined up for you out there at home. If you're only a listener to the radio program, you might not have heard him before because he uh, hasn't been a guest on before. But tonight we're talking to Freeman of FreemanTV.com. I certainly hope people will be checking out his work if they haven't yet done so and looking at some of his DVDs. Uh, quite a few of them I have myself. Obama clone, uh, cloning in the coming space war, Return of the Nephilim, uh, E.T. in the transhumanist agenda... And Nicole, Brittany, and Mind Control, The Freeman Perspective uh, with Tex Mars. Uh, just a ton of information always coming out from Freeman, who uh, likes to explore uh, all of the craziness of the, the system that we're looking at. And uh, we haven't been talking nearly enough about weird stuff on this program of late, so it's my pleasure to have Freeman with us on the line tonight. Freeman, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thank you, James. Well, it's uh, it's great to have you here. As I say, this is your first time on the radio program. We've talked a couple of times on CorbettReport.com, so people can look into my archives for that. But uh, but just briefly, let's just hear a little bit about yourself and what you're working on right now. Well, uh, you know, that's always the toughest question. <laughs> it is. I am the conspiracy theorist. Uh, I have been outlining and databasing uh, conspiracy theory on the Internet for seven years uh, my research goes back prior to Y2K, and I've been laying out a foundation, a hypothesis of the occult connected with the politics, and have consistently found that I'm uh, onto something here. So FreemanTV.com is older than YouTube. It's been around uh, longer than that. And I've been putting out these videos and podcasts and trying to get uh, insider information to everyone about some of the strangest weird stuff that we can. And currently, we are putting out the encyclopedia of weird stuff. We're calling it Weird Stuff, Operation Culture Creation. And this is to give you a tool to share all this information with your friends. So we're actually writing an encyclopedia out in a magazine format that outlines databases, all of the strange occult things that we're going to talk about tonight, and uh, you know gives it to you as a reference material and as an ability to pass it on over to your friends because there's Madonna standing on the mark of the beast or Lady Gaga doing a blood ritual or Barack Obama being a clone, uh, and all of these things then are just kind of laid out for you to, uh, to share and explore. And it's called weird stuff because it's it's innocuous. It's non-threatening. Your friends aren't thinking you're trying to beat them over with truth. Uh, you know, they can look at it, they can laugh, they can do whatever, but it's going to sink in. I know that. Well, that's that's exactly right. I think that's part of it that we don't often we don't often consider is that we don't have to beat people over the head with this information. We can just lure them in with curiosity, and uh, sometimes that's the best way to get people interested. So, so let's uh, let's talk about the project itself. Uh, how is it being funded and supported? Well, there's an amazing program called Kickstarter, so we decided to jump on board with that and see what happened. Kickstarter is great because you give rewards for the money that's given, so it's not asking for donations. If you gave us $25, you actually get a better deal. You get the book and you get a, a, a subscription to the website. So it's actually, we worked it out so that you actually get more money by, uh, or more 
stuff than you pay for by the Kickstarter. So we have this Kickstarter campaign. It's got six days left, and we're really just pushing it towards the end here. We've made our goal, but now we want to show the publishers how popular this could be. So it's really a pre-order campaign on Kickstarter. You just go to freemantv.com and click on Get Our Book, or you can click on uh, Kickstarter and, and search Weird Stuff and throw in 25 bucks and you get the, the book and, and the subscription. So it's really working out. Excellent. Well, it's good to hear that this type of uh, listener-supported or, or audience-supported work can survive because, again, if people don't support the alternative media, then, uh, then they're going to be supporting the status quo by default. All right, we're coming up against our first break, so we're going to take a break and gather our thoughts, but we'll be back in a few minutes once again talking to Freeman of FreemanTV.com about weird stuff in general, and let's get into some specifics after this break. We'll be right back. The Corbett Report is brought to you by The Corbett Report Subscriber. A weekly newsletter featuring James Corbett's International Forecaster Editorial, recommended reading and viewing, discounts on Corbett Report DVDs, and once a month, a subscriber-only video. Sign up today to start receiving your copy at corbettreport.com support. All right, welcome back to the program, friends. Once again, I am James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. Tonight we're talking to Freeman of FreemanTV.com about his new project, Weird Stuff. And you can find out more about that and how to support it at FreemanTV.com. Tons of information there and uh, just a ton of information every time I hear him speak or, or see his work. Um, always learning new and interesting things. And on a recent radio appearance of his, I learned a very interesting fact about Madonna and the fact that she has people who go around after her concerts to clean up her DNA from the concert space. I've never heard anything about this before, but it's just a bizarre and fascinating little thing. What can you tell us about this, Freeman? What do you think she knows? I mean, really. Uh, We just had a Japanese team announce that they can now create a human clone using nothing but stem cells. They no longer need a human. They can now generate a sperm and an egg simply from stem cells and, and generate a human. Right? So we're at the point now where we're looking at this uh, cloning agenda, and people should be watching closely about human cloning. I mean, I got into this back with Rael when he spoke before Congress, and what a strange day that was. Here was a guy in his big, white, puffy space suit with a golden uh, Star of David interwoven with a swastika on his chest, standing before Congress with Bridget Boussoulet and Dr. Stavros and the dangers thereof. Uh, Of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger was a proponent of human cloning and pushed George W. Bush to open the stem cell research, but they wouldn't do it. Bill Clinton wouldn't do it. But Barack Obama came up and he said, I am releasing the restrictions on federal funding for stem cell research. So now what does this mean? <laughs> well, you know, you can already see that you could create another human simply from a stem cell. So this means any piece of Madonna could be taken and, and she could be recreated. Uh, we're looking at a situation right now where on the International Space Station, on the last space shuttle mission, they brought up six adult stem cells. And these were, are being used to study longevity 
for humans, and more specifically for astronauts because of the aging loss that they get due to anti-gravity, right? So next to these stem cells... Sorry, uh, could you go through that again? The aging loss due to anti-gravity? Well, that's what the stem cells are said to be used for. This is what NASA is saying that the stem cells are up there for. Now, this was actually the 19th mission for Genesis Core, which is the the, uh, the genetics company that's sending these stem cells up to the International Space Station. So this is the 19th time that there have been stem cells on the International Space Station seeking longevity. Now... Right, so they're they're studying the, the the effects of microgravity on on stem cells. Well, it seems that the astronauts actually age faster in space, and what what's happening right now is they're okay. Freeman, sending your, up the your first connection ever is breaking up a little. I believe bit. it's a Russian and an American. Continue. I you see, you're not coming through to me. Oh, okay. Turn off the video. Okay. All right. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, just one of the, uh, the joys of live broadcasting. Uh, once again, we are talking to Freeman of FreemanTV.com, and we'll get him back on the line in just a second here. But uh, but first, let's go through some of the stuff that he is doing on FreemanTV.com for people who don't know out there, because, again, he does just an incredible amount of work on all sorts of different topics, and one of them is called uh, Science Fiction or Space Faction. This is posted up on the Space War News uh part of freemantv.com right now. So we're going to be talking a little bit more about that. And we have Freeman back on the line. So Freeman, sorry about that. Go ahead. Okay. It seems to be much better. Well, sitting next to those uh, six adult stem cells are, is Robonaut 2. Now, Robonaut 2 is a telepresence robot. Now, what does this mean? It can transmit your mind into this computer and work it as if it were your body. How do, how now, this is where work? we're going with our new technologies, <laughs> and this is what I've been outlining in databasing. And the reason I compare... We might have to take this outside to <laughs> away with the video. I think so. I think we'll have to do that. Okay, sorry about that. Okay. Um, once again, let's uh, let's try reconnecting with Freeman. But uh, while we're waiting for him, once again, we are talking about this uh, the stuff that's swirling around in the uh, Operation Culture Creation edition of Weird Stuff, the new work from Freeman. And as I say, he's got this article called Science Fiction or Space Faction. Once again, posted up in the Space War News section of FreemanTV.com. And uh, it, it goes into some of the the um, many ways that this technology is connected to, um, well, the weird stuff that's increasingly taking place in uh, in the world that we're living in, the increasingly weird and connected world that we're living in. So I'll just read a little bit about uh, from the opening of this while we're waiting for Freeman to get back on the line. He says, science fiction is an existential metaphor that allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Isaac Asimov once said, individual science fiction stories may seem as trivial as ever to the blinded critics and philosophers of today, but the core of science fiction, its essence has become crucial to our salvation if we are to be saved at all. And that's a quote from our Stargate SG-1, episode 200. So, uh, so Freeman, thank you for coming back on the line with us. Uh, yes. let's, let's pick up talking about Robonaut and these stem cells. All right. And I, I just want to tell your listeners and 
what we're going to be viewers, <laughs> that uh, we, we currently live in a school bus and we're transmitting out on the friendship agenda. We've been traveling in a school bus for a year now, meeting stranger after stranger, trying to prove to the world that humanity's good and that the programmers are evil. So uh, that's why we're having a bit of transmission issues is because I'm broadcasting to you outside of the school bus. Um, <laughs> it's been a fantastic trip, let me tell you. But okay, so Robonaut 2 is this, this, uh, telepresence robot. And what really clued me into this was original program by, uh, Henry Markram known as the Blue Brain Project. And the Blue Brain Project was the first attempts at creating a mammalian brain inside of a computer. Now, they didn't quite have the, the processing power necessary to really get this thing up and going, but CERN's, uh, LH LHC Grid, the Large Hadron Collider Computer Network, does have this type of technologies. Now, as I started to look into this, I found out Michael Jackson was trying to transmit his soul into a robot. He hired a roboticist who built a robot named A-Rock that he was going to transmit his soul in. He also met with the Raelians in Clonade with Uri Geller to have himself cloned. Uh, but I personally think that Michael Jackson time-traveled. Uh, we could get to that, but you need to see the picture to believe it. So here is Robonaut 2 up on the International Space Station, along with these stem cells. And what is launching this month is the X-37B, which is our robotic space plane. So if you've ever seen Battlestar Galactica, we're right at the beginning of that story. We now have telepresence robots that are under our control and telepresence space planes like the Cylons had. And this was the beginning of the downfall of, of their world. Now, what happens is that Battlestar Galactica happens to be the Mormon creation myth. So it's a perfect time for Mitt Romney to become president, if this is the actual situation that we're in, which it is. Um, so this is the puzzle that we're looking at. As, as uh, projects come forward and we see that um, many have come... There's a new one by a Russian named Itchkov who has started the Avatar program, and it's his hopes to transmit people's minds and souls into robots and eventually into a holographic body. Now, he contacted DARPA, the Defense, Defense Advanced Research Projects, and asked them if they wanted in on his Avatar program. And they, they kindly let him know, sorry, we already have an Avatar program going. So mind transfer technologies are right there in our face and right in front of us. We are at the moment we're going to deal with Clone Wars and Robot Wars. Actually, the, the cartoon Clone Wars from Star Wars was heralded as the best political commentary of our time. Right? Interesting. <laughs> Tell us more about A-Rock. I want to hear about this uh, clone or this robot that uh, that Michael Jackson was attempting to build. Well, it was a roboticist, and I actually came across this because I have a friend that lives in a missile silo in Kansas. And he ended up in a documentary called Home Movie. And it's all about these unique unique homes, and he has a $2 million home down in a missile silo. Well, as I were watching this, a, another house came into being, and it was the robotic house. And the roboticist who was displaying his robotics house accidentally slipped in the interview saying, well, Michael Jackson hired me to transmit his soul. This was after describing A-Rock's capabilities of receiving the soul and then announcing that he had been hired by Michael Jackson, to which his wife quickly shut him up. Uh, and, you know, that's still all in the documentary home movie. So 
It's right there. So our stars are well aware of these situations. Now, what I found was a curious connection between this and the occult. And this is where it gets a little bizarre. Now, imagine Madonna comes out on stage at the Super Bowl. And she's, of course, dressed as a druidic princess or a Valkyrie of some sort brought forth by Roman soldiers. And she gets up on stage and she stands on top of a VV symbolism or a W. Now, I had clued myself into this symbolism way back before W was forced into office. I had noted that 66 was a common number used by this uh, secret societies like the Freemasons. And so I looked this up because of Phillips 66, the gas station. I was trying to figure out what their corporate logo was standing for because I can outline and database every corporate logo inside of a Masonic ritual. Well, I figured out that masonry is based on the Hebrew Kabbalah and as Madonna is also a Kabbalist. So she knows exactly what I'm talking about. And what's curious is that this 66 symbolism is the number for the fallen angel. Okay, sorry, we're going to have to take a break, but we'll be right back after these messages. All right, friends, welcome back to the program. This is James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. Once again, we're talking to Freeman of FreemanTV.com, and he is joining us via Wi-Fi connection, so unfortunately the video isn't going to work out, but his audio is loud and clear. So just before the break, we were talking about Madonna and her occult ritual at the Super Bowl and the VV, the W, the 66 that she was dancing on, and let's talk a little bit more about this VV, this fallen angel symbol. Yeah, it really, it really has shocked me because I don't expect to find these things and, and yet there they are and it's very simply laid out by their own, uh, occult knowledge. So I go to all the source material to try and sort out what the occult is and what these things mean. And the VV one really threw me off because it was, you know, the fallen angels. And I was able to actually predict that W would be forced into office because I saw this VV symbolism. Now, what I've seen all over now is Madonna came out on the VV symbol. It made into an X and an O. Now, what's curious is that in English, okay, so the VV is is Hebrew. You have to translate things to Hebrew in order to understand Kabbalah. So six in Hebrew is V. Therefore, 66 is VV or W. But in English, the letters that make six are F, O, and X. So this is why you see Fox everywhere. It's Fox this, Fox that, Firefox, Lucius Fox, Mulder Fox, because Fox equals 666 in English gematria. And I was not looking for 666. It just happens to be everywhere. If you wanted to see what 666 looks like in Hebrew, that's your monster drink logo. Uh, but as I came deeper and deeper into the understanding of the 66, uh, as opposed to the 666, this showed me where FX and FF and OX, and if you see, as I got deeper into the work, I found that the mark of the beast, which is different than the number of the beast, the mark of the beast is actually the symbol X with a circle around it. And this is the very thing that Madonna is standing on at the opening of the Super Bowl halftime show. And when I realized this and I looked around, I, of course, saw Xbox and X-Men, and I realized what I was seeing, and I met with the high priest of the Church of Satan, and he has the OX symbolism embedded in the back of his head. And he was quite shocked to find out that I knew what that was. So now I've seen the mark of the beast all over the place, and I started to understand how this dealt with another dimension, or the abyss. 
So there is a tree of life within Kabbalism, which has 10 points on it, connected by 22 different lines. The 10 points are called Sephirah, and they're different aspects of reality. It's kind of a map into the other dimension. So at the very base, you have Mount Kuth, which would be Earth. And at the very top, you have what's called Kether, which would be Heaven. Now, there's a missing Sephirah, and it's called Da'ath, and this is the abyss. This is the number 66 symbolizes this abyss. So now I'm watching the voice. And the voice has, of course, the VV symbolism again. You'll see with the peace sign. Now, the peace sign was actually a magical device taught to uh, Churchill by Aleister Crowley to fight the solar forces of the Nazis because <laughs> this was an occult war. That is a symbol of Typhon, god of the monsters. And then the V of the voice, of course. So you see the VV symbolism in the voice, but they go one step further, and they have a production company named Talpa. And Talpa is actually in the Netherlands, I believe, along with Endemol, and they've now joined forces. But Talpa's corporate logo is this tree of life with heaven moved into the abyss. So it's right there in front of us over and over again. But to take this to the science fiction space faction, I saw on the television show Fringe, the alternate dimension in that show is labeled as FF, or 66 again. <clears throat> now, what I'm finding is that we're moving to a point where CERN has the capabilities. Now, CERN's corporate logo is 666 with a hyperdimensional portal. And they are punching a hole into the other dimension to which Sergio Beninacci says that, and that's their lead scientist on this, says that something may come through if we punch this hole into the other dimension. And they are then using the technologies that I'm talking about with mind transfer technologies or radio frequency waves to transmit souls or bodies into this other dimension. I'm not saying they're doing that. I'm saying it's capable of this. Uh, and, and it's starting to just really get freaky out there. <laughs> uh, freaky is uh, is one word for it. I don't think there's a listener out there whose mind you didn't blow or who you didn't leave in the dust there in just that five minutes uh, of explanation. So we might have to go back and start unpacking some of that. But it is uh, it is just an incredible amount of information there. Um, let's just talk a little bit more on the VV, the 66, the fallen angel. What is the significance of the fallen angel idea? Why do they keep flashing that symbol in our face? Well, one thing is that uh, we go back to the book of Enoch, and this is where we find the first tale of the fallen angels coming to earth. And they brought with them warfare, they brought with them makeup and high heels, and the ideas that we have for civilization, and most especially the warfare and, and prostitution-type situations. Um, now, curiously enough, as we go back to the Bible, you'll find that there are a list of gods in the Bible. There's Psalm 82, where God, or Yahweh, goes before the council of gods and speaks with them. There are also many devils listed. So when people start to unify this in some sort of monotheistic way, the Bible doesn't really concur. Hebrew is actually a henotheistic uh, situation where they worship one god out of many. So... What I see with the symbolism is just this uh, creation of civilization that's been going down through time. Okay, friends, welcome back. This is Corbett Report Radio. Once again, I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. Tonight, we're joined on the line from California by Freeman of FreemanTV.com, and we're talking about 
all manner of weird stuff, and I must admit I'm so enraptured by what he's saying that I completely missed the uh, commercial break there last time. So let's uh, let's try to regroup our thoughts. To tell you the truth, I don't remember exactly where you left off, Freeman. So uh, wherever you want to pick back up on this story is fine by me. Oh, it's all so strange. It really is. You know, the moment that they were going to cap the Great Pyramid with gold in Y2K was the moment I said, none of this is real, and everything's not like people think it is. And I started looking uh, deeper and deeper, and man, has it gotten weird. Um, We had gotten to the idea of mind transfer technologies into the other dimension, the fact that they're showing heaven in the abyss and their symbolism. And... Really, I was uh, I was I was leading us to the idea that the occult is the prime moving factor in most of our technologies. Uh, the television set itself was designed as a tool to reach the other side. Uh, then its later uses were put into play by Telefunken, uh, that was a Nazi corporation that brought us everyone, every uh, television in every home. You know, but. Now we look to our new technologies and what's going on, and we see much of the same attempts at finding a, a way into this other dimension and understanding their own occult through science. And what I've learned on, a, on another level is that uh, Disney is wrapped up in this so deep it's ridiculous, and they actually created the first pre-planned city called Epcot, the Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow, and that's where you have the big ball. Now realize Disney is a military industrial corporation. And that when you walk in there, you've given them your credit card, they take your thumbprint, and inside of the big ball, they take your biometrics and your photograph and ask you where you're from. So Disney is databasing like Facebook, everyone on this planet, because a lot of people go through that big ball. And what I learned was that Werner von Braun, the Nazi uh scientists that came over through Paperclip joined with Walt Disney to start these pre-planned cities. Now, Henry Kissinger, or sorry, Richard Nixon, went over to meet with the UN to start to design uh, 10 regions governed by the UN of America. And he he did this in Canberra in Australia, and, and Henry Kissinger then followed over and, and headed up the building of the Canberra capital in Australia, and this is actually designed as a seal of Solomon's. So Solomon was an ancient magician, you know, written about in the Bible. Solomon's temple is what every Mason temple is is supposed to be. And the, the worshipful master of the lodge sits as Solomon. Uh, and he was a master magician that would design, he designed these sigils or seals to bind demons to do his bidding. And what I've learned is that these new global capitals are the first pre-planned cities like Astana in Kazakhstan or Canberra in Australia are actually designed as these ancient seals to bind spirits or to use demons to their bidding. <laughs> That's right. And uh, and it, what other cities were implicated in that? Because I know you were trying to go to Dubai and other places as well. Well, Dubai was, uh, Dubai was a beautiful trap is what it was. We found out that actually in, in, uh, Dubai, if you are in debt, that's actually a criminal action and, and you'll be arrested. So a lot of people that tried to quit their jobs as Dubai went down, uh, found their accounts frozen and they were imprisoned and their family members that had joined them in Dubai were just left standing in parking lots. 
So that was more of a pretty trap, you know, the honey pot. Uh, amazing architecture, obviously, the tallest building in the world going up there. Why? Why? You know, there's Atlantis sitting right next to this and, and this whole situation. But if you went to Astana and you would realize that as you're walking into the city, you have to walk through what's known as the Pyramid of Peace. And it's this massive glass pyramid which houses the world religion. They are founding the global religion inside of the Pyramid of Peace. You go through this and enter Astana, and there's two massive copper columns that stand there, which are, you know, skyscraper height. And these are the columns or thresholds into the city or into the altar. And Astana actually means threshold in their language. Then there's a massive ball, much like what you would see in Disney, only way up on a spire. And inside of this is a golden triangle that has the hand of the architect pressed into it. It looks just like it's out of total recall. I mean, this place is mind-blowing, and no one even realizes that it's there. This is where the Cosmodrome is, and where Russia launches their, their rockets up to the International Space Station. Well, let's talk more about why they are doing this. I mean, what is the point of engineering the, the cities around this, the Solomon's Temple or whatever? Well, I see them as, as forming their new global world. And what had happened uh, on another level was Barack Obama has already assigned the 10 regional governors for America. You can go look this up on Google for yourself. I have a database on Freeman TV. Uh, these 10 regional governors have been assigned already. So we're watching a plan unfold. And what I do is I take the occult and I, I attach it to the political and I seem to come up with positive results. So <clears throat> what, what I'm seeing is just the, the, what we could call, um, oh, I lost the word, the particular mancy I'm after here, geomancy. And, and actually affecting the earth grid with their architectural designs. Because what I've looked into is what I call paramagnetic antennas. And what you'll find is that many buildings are actually designed for the purpose of channeling spirits into the building. So there's the master building, which is in downtown New York. And this was built for a man named Nicholas Rorick. Now, Nicholas Rorick was the person who uh, got Henry Wallace, who was uh, Secretary of Agriculture at the time, to put the pyramid on the dollar bill. Nicholas Rorick was paid by the American government to take a strange box or crypt-type uh, coffin thing on a, an adventure in Tibet, and he came back painting all of the things that he had done, showing himself meeting with demons in, inside of crystalline structures uh, having rituals down there while carrying this little crypt, and the American government paid for this. And he is the person that then convinced Henry Wallace to put the pyramid on the dollar bill. His master building is actually designed as one of the... It's like Ghostbusters, right? There's so much reality in Hollywood. And many of these Mason temples are designed in this same way. Now, what I, I've learned is that our elite, are actually channeling these extra-dimensional beings, and most specifically the ones that they call the Nine. And the Nine are based on the nine Egyptian gods of the, or the Egyptian gods. So that's like Osiris, Isis, Geb, Nuit, uh, the list goes on. I have a show about it if you want to get deeper. Um, 
and they are channeling these entities. They used Uri Geller, the same guy who went to clone aid with Michael Jackson. He's the spoon bender guy and a psychic of, uh, you know, extraordinary talent. And they used him to channel the nine. Now, the nine finally told Uri Geller he didn't like them very much. They finally told him that they were actually a supercomputer on a spacecraft known as Spectra. <laughs> and these stories of the Nine and the way that they have been transmitted into our popular culture come through even Star Trek. Gene Roddenberry sat in on these channelings of the Nine, and this is why you have representations of the Nine as the, the crew of the next generation. Uh, he wrote even... Now, the Nine also referenced to the Nagamati text and go to what are known as the Archons. And the Archons are these also extra-dimensional entities that affect mankind by getting us to do their bidding. They have to get our free will agreement for us to allow them to do manipulation. And they're written about in all of these ancient texts. Uh, they've been known as the Watchers, the Fallen Angels, and Fringe, they're known as the Observers. Uh, and then you have the Archons that are another subset or another description of these same beings. And curiously enough, there is an Archon Genomics Prize right now where they're offering $1,000 per DNA strand if you can unravel the human DNA. Well, let's just back up for a moment because you raise such an important point when it comes to free will and our ability to make choices about what we choose to, to do and to follow because that's something I come back to time and time again in no matter what it is that we're covering, it always seems to be people are willingly going along into this tyranny by giving up their right to, to say no. And, uh, whether that's the, the genetically modified organism agenda and people willingly purchasing the GMOs or if it's the transhumanist, uh, scientific dictatorship agenda and people buying the latest, you know, Apple product or whatever, buying into that, literally paying into this to, to become part of the system that they then, on an intellectual level, seem to be against. And it is a bizarre system where it is, in every sim simple single conceivable case, if we just stopped doing it, stop paying paying them our money, stop buying into it, stop giving them our free will, we can stop the agenda. And I think that's that's also reflected in, in this occult idea of of you have to let the let them in in order for them to have any control. Yeah, it seems like there's spiritual veil that they have to punch through. And there's so many techniques that they use. Now, first of all, I just want to say, when you walk into a free Masonic Lodge to take your rituals, the first thing that you admit to is that you come of your own free will and accord. And, you know, I don't know if this opens you up to these channels or what, uh, what effects these rituals have on the men's souls, but I have seen a lot of soulless older Masons, including my father, that just seem lost, as if they've been lost through these rituals. Um, the... Uh, the, the programming that we witness to see how they get us to do these things is, is through multimedia campaigns. So if you were to walk down your toy aisle right now for your children, you'll see the princess warrior programming going on. And we're going to get deep into this weird stuff, and it'll really show it all to you. But as you walk down your aisles, you're going to see just mainly three uh, items for your child to buy, and that would be Clone Wars, uh, then cars and transformers now this is very much like the gi joe barbie syndrome and yet it's just more high tech now but you look into the the purposes of these things and you find like cars teaches children subservience to the courts and subservience to the system because the car is actually placed on house arrest 
the Cars 2 actually gets more into a prison camp scenario and is really bizarre. But so you can easily see what they're programming in, and this is the hero warrior programming for the boys. And on the girl side, where it's all pink and Hannah Montana, you have all of your um, fluffy cell phones and things to get the girls needing these these petty items, so that the boy has to serve the military corporations to to get them for. Her. Now it's getting stranger than that because the current dolls that we're seeing for girls are like Monster High. And they say, be yourself, be unique, be a monster. And, of course, we have Lady Gaga running around saying, you're my little monsters. And next to these monster dolls are the alien hybrid dolls for little girls named Novi. And <laughs> this starts playing into Navi in the Avatar situation. Uh, but... Uh, you can actually see where the programming is going by looking at this. So let me base that in a little bit of factuality for you. Back in the uh, in World War II, Walt Disney Co. was hired as a propagandist arm for the military. And the studios were supposedly taken over. I'm sure it was more willing than taken over. Uh, Disney started putting out wartime propaganda. You can witness this for yourself. It's called Disney on the Front Lines. And you will see that, well, they they boast that Donald Duck got more people to pay their income taxes than any government campaign tried. Now, later they have another one called Education for Death, which is all about how to make a Nazi. Now, what happened was Joseph Goebbels, and Disney boasts about this as well, Joseph Goebbels is the Nazi propagandist at the time, adopted Walt Disney's techniques at programming children to program the Nazi youth. So that's a little historical basis for what I'm telling you. But then you start looking to your popular culture, your understanding of what's going on as they program the children through music. And yeah, we had Katy Perry back in the day saying, I kissed a girl. And that seemed very tame compared to what she's programming today, which would go into her E.T. video, which gets into, I want to be abducted. I want to be a victim. I want to be, fill me with your poison. You're an alien. Fill me, give me a supernatural baby. Uh, you don't have to venture very far to get into the weird stuff. The weird stuff seems to be coming out at every angle these days, doesn't it? That's absolutely correct. They're putting it over the top. I mean, Katy Perry's latest video is is uh, Wide Awake, which then she admits that had she known what she was getting into, she would have never, ever become a star. Um, we hear this from a lot of the different stars that are putting the programming out. Another connection for this to understand is uh, to take the idea that uh, rec- or, yeah, record executives got together and they had all purchased stock into privatized prisons. And so they had a meeting to get all of the hip-hop artists that were feggy and the hip-hop artists that were able to create violence and make them the prominent hip-hop artists because they needed to fill their privatized prisons. Right? Absolutely, yeah. The programming runs on so many different levels. There's so much to this agenda. But uh, let's bring in a caller. We have a caller waiting on the line. We have Owen in Florida. So, Owen, thanks for calling in tonight. Hello. When I heard your your guest mention Yuri Geller, I want to mention a few things. But first, I, I just want to, to, to say that the occult is a fascinating subject and that I am not a big fan of, of, of some of the debunkers out there. You have very, very legitimate 
studies out there that, you know, for example, remote viewing and, and so on, that are, are, are very valid. But when it comes to someone like Gary Geller, I think one of the debunkers, otherwise known as James Randi, did a pretty fantastic job, in my opinion, exposing the guy as, as no fantastic psychic, but a very good performance artist. So, you know, I, I, I think the field of the occult is full of a lot of, of info landmines, and it's very easy to let it get out of hand or... Right, to, get, to get waylaid by misinformation. Freeman, what's your take on that? Well, you know, another one of those debunkers where the, um, was uh, Penn and Teller, and they had a, a show called BS. Well, I think they spelt that all the way out. Um, let me just say that, that Penn is the largest holder of satanic works in the world. He has them in a, you know, a hermetically sealed vault in his basement, and he is a huge Satanist. And they, he is the one that they would bring forward to, to debunk this kind of topic. And he was the one who had a uh, special on how Norman Borlaug was the greatest human who ever invented, who was the guy who introduced the GM wheat, which is causing everyone all the problems right now in Mexico. So lots and lots to talk about there. We're coming up against another break. Owen, you can hold on if you'd like. And anyone else, 1-800-313-9443. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back right after these messages. It starts with you and me. All right, friends, welcome back. We are here on Corbett Report Radio, and tonight we are talking about the occult and soul transference and robots and cloning and genetic technologies and all sorts of things. Once again, it is a weird, wacky world out there, so I hope people will go to freemantv.com to find out more about weird stuff and all of the things that will be covered in this uh, magazine, which you yourself can support at Kickstarter. Uh, We have Owen on the line still holding. Owen, anything else you'd like to add tonight? Regarding Penn and Teller, I consider them little more than intellectual thugs. But James Randi, I think, is on a different scale, and I'm not advocating every single thing he's done. But his work is is pretty classy. I, I would really like to see him interview or, or talk to someone like Daryl J. Penn from Cornell University, who heads the you know parapsychology department. But uh, you know, regarding Yuri Geller, I just really did want to make that point. I, I'm pretty convinced that he's nothing all that significant, and I don't think he's bending spoons with his mind. All right. Well, thank you for that, Owen. That is a uh, welcome piece of uh, feedback, and I, I concur. I, in fact, don't think Yuri Geller was bending spoons with his mind either. But Freeman, what's your take on all of that? Well, I, I'm, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I did have one remote viewer that came into my uh, studio with a bunch of bent spoons, but I've never seen it done. Uh, my point is, is that, uh, that it's, you know, it's very easy for the debunkers to come in and say that they don't believe. I see this every day in my comments. And yet, I back up every word I say, and yeah, you know, something like that is somebody else's word. What are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> Well, exactly right. But I, I think it's a, a fair point. We have to take debunkings at uh, at an individual level on a case-by-case basis. Some of them have merit, some of them don't. So again, it's like anything else. And unfortunately, if we adopt a label like, uh, oh, I am a skeptic or I am a conspiracy theorist, then we become part of an agenda, whether we want to or not, because that is our, our defense is to not label ourselves and not commit to an ideology and not preconceive before we go into the information. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, another one that often comes to mind in my Disney programming is the uh, Chicken Little and, and how they are using the psychology against us. And I really tried to warn about this back in 9-11 when I said, don't freak out, this is for your reaction. You see, I predicted 9-11 because I understood the occult significance of these numbers. And I also understood the political aspects of needing a homeland security developed. Exactly right. Sorry, we're coming up against the end of the program, but I would be remiss in my duties if I didn't bring this up. I didn't plan on this, but it is October 11th. It's October 12th here in Japan, and tomorrow is October 13th. And I know that you've been talking for years about 1013 and the importance of that date. Are you expecting anything tomorrow, or is the 1013 we were expecting, has that already occurred? Uh, I am actually uh, watching very closely for 1013, and I don't know... I don't have a projection for it because the last one came true, uh, but I have done a 1013 show every year, and it has been without fail a significant day in most of the pol- political spectrum. The last 1013 was, of course, the banking crash. This one, I, I really wonder, but I do have my eyes open. Well, I, as will we all, it's very interesting to watch uh, how things swirl around these certain dates for 20 or 1013 and things like this. All right, um, just tons of extremely interesting information, too much to possibly cover in one episode, so we'll have to leave it there for now. Uh, Freeman, uh, just direct people to the website one more time. All right, it's simply freemantv.com, and uh, you'll have 10 years of databasing to go through there. Ten years of information, indeed. Well, a ton of information, as I say, so it is a pleasure always to get this uh, data dump. And uh, we're going to have to leave it there because we're right up against the end of the time. So, Freeman, thank you so much for your time tonight. Thank you, James. All right, and thank you all out there for listening. I am your host, James Corbett. I will be back tomorrow night for with more for, uh, for you all out there, Corbett Report Radio. I hope you'll be there. And once again, I've got full-length uploads on YouTube now, so go to the YouTube uh, channel for all of these uh, videos as well. Talk to you tomorrow.